and welcome back to Pass the Salt, a casual conversation podcast hosted here, Buffalo, New York. John, Peroni, Max, Cambria, we are in video mode. Hopefully, this is a, a mainstay uh, for our time here at Pass the Salt Industries. Um, exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. This is our quarantine two project because the first one wasn't good enough honestly i don't think we should make eye contact with the camera i was just thinking about that we don't have to at all no no i'm not i'm just saying i think you did no i i'm actually angled the way that it's angled i'm angled towards you like my regular even me looking at the camera it's from the side you're the you're in more danger of that than i am what is nice, though, is that when I have to reference something that's visual, I don't, have, I don't have to say, hey, everybody, nobody can fucking see us, so let me explain all this shit. Well, explain now, this first, that intro. I don't want to get in trouble. Oh. Yeah, that's actually a good point. So that's a Tom you did Mish. did it last episode. That's a Tom Mish song. Um, it's called... I'm terrible with song names. It is called... Lost in Paris. And... It, that's like super, like the guitar settings I had on and everything, very, very similar to what the actual recording sounds like. Like that could get picked up for copyright by well, like a bot. That I don't could, think that it was even, even thir- it has to be less than 30 seconds for sure. And that, oh, that for was, sure was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. other rules that I'm not aware of. I'm not a copyright lawyer. And I don't plan on being it because the laws are apparently like the most complex laws yeah. around. It's I feel copyright. like a lot of people. A lot of the time, it's you know whose lawyer is better paid and more just well versed in straight well, yeah, copyright law. Definitely like, buy a lawyer, you know, good defense, a good attorney. I'm saying like that one is like hyper specific. I feel like more so than other versions uh, of the. Law. Oh, it is specific because there's so much. There's a lot of like intellectual theft all the time, and it's just like some in some cases it's just maneuvering the law better than somebody else. Yeah, I've seen on YouTube like guys doing guitar like covers and them getting. Snatch. Not only that, think about this. Allegedly, our friends over at the Free Music Party, um, their manager, or maybe one of their manager's friends, I can't remember, bought the rights to the phrase and brand The Six. Uh, so when Drake yeah. came out with that, like, views, he was making more money off of The Six and the usage of that than people, you know, than Drake was, allegedly. I was going to say, that this is something where... We're told this. Right. I was just soon, told it. As soon as the words hit my face, my, my body screamed bullshit. <laughs> so I don't know how much I buy that, um, but he was decked out in gear that said the six. He was. When, when, I, when I saw him. The hat, the whole thing. The whole, the whole um, nine. I would expect somebody who actually owned that phrase to have an outfit that maybe cost a little more money. Just saying. Looked like he kind of got that shit printed at like a local print store. And it was just like <laughs> a blue t shirt with like the six. Those are the white. bread and butter items, the, pe- the, the touristy items that people are buying for $20. Yeah, and it was Toronto, which is like hyper touristy. You know, I feel like that's almost people compare it to New York City with like the traffic. It's just like cleaner and all that. But oh, I don't know about There's something cleaner. very lacking soul in Toronto for some reason in comparison to a place like New York City because it's, it's just a. A younger place than New York City. New York City is I don't know, one of the first places to get huge in the U.S. Like even when we were just beginning to be uh, the twelve colonies. Well, I think that. Wait, how many colonies? Before thirteen. Make, first of all, okay. Yeah, I, was like, say, I said like I corrected the thirteen, aneurysm. but I was like, let me just make sure before I make myself seem like an idiot. America shows through New York City, but I don't think Canada shows through Toronto. You know what I mean? Like uh, well, some kind of identity. That the, the multi, or not the, the multi-ethnic, diverse part of Canada is very shown. Yeah, but for sure. But when you think of Canada, that's not what you think of. You think of the snow. Mounties. And Tim Hortons, Mounties. To me, that's more of an American thing. Maybe I'm just an egomaniac and one of those hyper-nationalists who <laughs> over-romanticize uh, the American uh, ideals. I don't know. Well, you think that the multicultural aspect of Toronto is more American? Yeah, like when you well, when yeah, you America, think of a city the melting that's a pure pot. melting. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah. what I'm going for there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't disagree, but I think that the sense 
from Canadians even is that Toronto is separate from Canada, basically. Not like separate as in it's its own governance, but separate in terms of identity. I think like people talk about, I think I've heard people talk about Toronto in that manner. And don't the French Canadians think of themselves as like a, like the Quebecians or whatever the fuck they call themselves. Quebecians. Those, those people out. I think it's uh, Quebec. I don't even know how to pronounce it, but the ending of the word is C-O-I-S, Quebecois, Quebecois. 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 <laughs> <laughs> How did you I just think that's it. I think it is Quebecois. I've always had a thing for pronunciations, like learning Spanish growing up, like just in are school. You Fre- are you secretly French? Do you, are you secretly no. fluent in French? I think I have a knack for understanding pronunciation. Not like Not like learning a language, but like let's say you just give me a sentence in Spanish. I'm going to give it to you. I can... Usually, I'm not only too cocky here because I'm just going to be fluent Spanish speakers listening. John's like, going to get contacted by the uh, National Registry of uh, Foreign Languages. <laughs> They're going to hire him. Remote work. I can make it sound like I'm way better versed in that language than I actually am. So you're good at accents. Yes, but only like, like I understood the the Quebecois thing or the yeah, uh, you did or like you know I could roll my R as well when I do some Spanish words. Yeah, rolling an R is not as impressive to me. But uh, it's funny that we're talking about Quebecois, if that even is the right pronunciation. I, oh, I want to put money on it, dude. I think it is. Uh, this book that I'm reading, part of the book, it's, it's, a, it's satirical. It's funny. It's kind of disturbing, too. But part of the book is there's this sect of Quebecians, Quebecois. Quebecois. They're all in wheelchairs. They're assassins. They're all in wheelchairs. <laughs> 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 they're all in wheelchairs and they're all like like they're Quebecois nationalists basically and they like want the they want a lot of things. So are they just all snipers? No. That seems like the Dude, only gig. Okay. Or I wait, thought wait, wait. snipers? Guy in the car, guy in the van with the electronic setup. No, 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 no. Neither. What? The scene that they were the most violent in, this is not a spoiler for anybody who's not read Infinite Jest, is there were these two guys like in, in their shop and the street cleared like everybody got off the street it was dead, deadly silent they were just like whatever there was one dude in a wheelchair across the street and the dude the dudes who owned the shop were aware that there were agents like this in the world and that they could be targeted because they were basically a terrorist kind of duo and There's something very ira about the dudes who own the shop no just about like the thought of there being quebecois wheelchairs assassins not the wheelchair assassin part. That doesn't seem Irish to me. It might be. <laughs> but the the fact that there's nationalists who want to you know separate from another uh, larger body that controls them. Well, you know, the whole point of them is, is because the reason that part of the reason they reformed was because the president decided to take the uh, upper part of the northeast United States and like there's just a big dump for this energy runoff there, and then they moved everybody down. The country and like Canada and the U.S. kind of just became North America. It's this whole thing, but uh, anyway, the street clears and the guy sees one wheelchair and he's like, "Uh oh!" And then like you just <laughs> hear squeaking like, like another one, and like they all have the fingerless <laughs> gloves and like, you know what I mean. And then the they're super violent. And then he like goes in the back room to tell his brother like, "Uh oh!" And they're already back there. And his brother's already dead. And then they There's just a bunch of people in wheelchairs. Yeah. And then the one, the one leader. This could never has, be a movie. It would be terrible. It'd be low budget, and it would be god awful. Yeah, they they couldn't do a movie of the book in general. But the the leader has like a uh, like an edgy kind of smiley face mask, and he's like the only one that's really masked. They're all the other ones don't give a fuck. And then to kill the dude, they don't have any guns. They actually just took a broom that the oh. dude was using to sweep. And they're all ripped up top, obviously, because <laughs> all just shredded. <laughs> and they they're all shirtless, so they, they like you know. broke the. They might have not even broken the bristles off, but they just put it down the guy's throat, all the way, through everything, through his ass, out the other side. And Crazy, yeah. He tried to shoot him. It didn't really work out. Here's the thing: How are they like avoiding getting hit by shit? Uh, like, a, like either shots or punches or anything. Like well, the guy's doesn't... already terrified. I, I just don't buy it. Read the book, buy it then. Yeah, it's not really a violent book. There are violent parts, but that, that's that was like one of the most violent. I was like, oh shit, gonna have a lot more time for that type of shit. Now that you're not cutting, yeah. 
before, because I know this is going to be part of your saltiest, but before, uh, what do you think is the, uh, what's the bet on the days here? Like number of days you're going to be until you're back cutting. You think it's going to be another 80? I got two options that I think are realistic. The first is right after Thanksgiving, they open us back up. Oh. Like We'll say December 8th, maybe a little bit after. But then I think we just get shut down again. Here's the thing. Someone pointed this out. It's important. North Tonawanda, they're yellow. People are still up oh, yeah. and so going should, up and down explain, there, bro. We should explain to listeners. So in Western and New York, viewers. there's a lot of areas, um, like small t- just towns basically, that are really tight together where there's a super high percentage of positive COVID cases. And my town where I live and I have my barbershop, um, it was in the yellow zone, which is like, hey, shit's about to go down. If shit's you guys, real. If you guys don't, you know, right. de- decrease the positivity rate. We didn't. Uh, we actually, like, doubled the numbers that we were trying to aim for, basically. And uh, now barbershops, salons, and gyms are closed down in 80 90% of the towns in western New York. Plus, restaurants can only seat four outside. And it's mostly 47 degrees on, a like, a warm day. Yeah, around so here. there's... It's takeout. We're back to takeout. And, uh, but my la- last shutdown, I had a rule like no takeout, like got to make everything. And today I did like a big Wegmans run. So, huge. Gonna stick I to just that did rule. a big run the other day. I went to Gordon's restaurant. <laughs> oh, restaurant market, you said? Yeah. You nice. ever buy a five pound bag of fries and think to yourself, Fuck this yeah. is going to last me? Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I like that. Like, uh, next time you go, let's go together. Let's just go. Let's go to Restaurant Depot. If I wear my squeeze stuff, uh, they won't even ask me for a card. Really? They, they have a membership there. They go there every day. I mean, every my... single day, someone from Squeeze is there. Really? Pretty much. Just oh. to get stuff that they need for the stores. My dad somehow still has a card. Oh, dude, grab it. Let's like go. My dad used to have a catering business like 20 years ago. I don't know how he... I don't know what... Restaurant Maybe he still has the LLC. Is basically Gordon's, but the prices are just a little better because they're exclusive. You have to have a card or you have to be a restaurant representative. Right. But yeah, Gordon's... They had some good stuff. I was like... I don't know. I bought a bunch of like frozen beef patties for quick meals if I needed like a quick burger. A bunch of fries, big ass bag of vegetables, big ass bag of frozen fruit. Yeah, Very restaurant nice. markets, and it was packed, bro. Everybody had the same idea, and I got elite level honey <laughs> mustard. I, in case the camera couldn't like peck. Oh, they saw. <laughs> couldn't. Uh, they catch saw it. it. He put his hand on his heart for a moment. Elite <laughs> level. <laughs> You almost saluted. You, I was going to salute. So As a matter of fact, if Cattleman, whoever Cattleman is of the Cattleman's brand, if you were to come here, I'd salute you. We used to use this brand at the pizzeria. For what? For wings, fingers, things like that. You got that brand? Of honey mustard. Oh, I thought you were talking about the actual wings and fingers. Oh, no. Those you can get. Anybody can get those. Those what? are just from Latina. Latina. Yeah. Good to know. Or you could, I mean, you could get probably similar fryer, quality. Dude, I want to get like nice, like if they I'm had a wing go sale when I was like there. That, let's go get some wings. I'm with that. And I already, oh man, but this, yeah. And they got all the good I wanna sauces. Work, I want to work on developing a really, really good Cajun rub for wings. The best way to do Cajun wings is fry them and everything, and sauce them. Well, I'm, and then, I gotta go air fry. That's my one thing. Okay, fry them and sauce them, and then you take like a cast iron pan. You can't do it in the winter, but take a cast iron pan and you put it on the grill and you fill it with like your Cajun sauce and spices. You can throw the wings right in that and kind of char them, but also like sear them with that sauce. It looks, I've seen people do it. It's been, it's insane what they're doing with wings these days. It's insane. I like that a lot. But yeah, Cattleman's honey mustard. It's just called tangy gold. It's not, they don't even admit that it's honey mustard. It's closer to a barbecue sauce, but it's golden color. It's so good. A little, it's heat. Like there's heat to it because it's cayenne pepper. And I've tried Sweet Baby Ray's honey mustard, which is pretty good, but this still is still the best. And you can only buy it in a gallon or larger or a four-gallon box, so I had to pick up a gallon. I had to. Well, you know me. I'm not much of a condiments fella. I know. You're not a sauce boss. I have some sauces, but very few. Tomato. Hot. <laughs> Hot sauce. Tomato sauce. Tomato. A1, a1 sauce on a burger. A1 on a burger, I'll give only. you. Did we talk about that last episode? Or was that somebody? somebody I don't know, at the but it's, you're bringing we back that. 90s commercials again. We were watching a 90s commercial before <laughs> Stealing this. Stealing people's A1 sauce. Is that A1 table? on a burger? On a burger. Can I try that? <laughs> it's rammed down He's our throats. He's putting A1 on a burger. Yeah. And then you don't even like condiments on your sandwiches. 
no. Yeah, you don't. No. I've seen you eat dry sandwiches many times. Like what? What have I? What have you seen me eat specifically? Uh, the one you know time. What, you know what my favorite dry sandwich is? Hmm. Just a shit ton of Italian meats. Yeah. Like all the meats you can handle. And then just a layer of. Oil? Sub oil? I w- sub oil is just olive oil. No, it's not. No. no it's really? Not. That's disgusting. There's right? recipes for it. It should be olive oil. No, dude, um, you got to flavor that olive oil, man. Come olive on. Olive oil has flavor. Some. You really aren't a condiment guy. Look at you. Listen, it's called uh, the Romeo and Juliet. No, I lied. It's from Romeo Juliet's Cafe and Bakery. Love it. And it's called The Soprano or something? Of course know. it is. Yeah, it's called some Dago oh, shit. Oh, so there's Capicola on it. Oh, there's the Capicola, the Soprasat, there's... Uh, Everything. There's like three or four more Italian meats on there. And then just a big thing of provolone on top, just like a thick layer. Is that of your it. go-to sandwich cheese? Panini. Provolone? Yeah. Um, If it's Italian, yes, provolone and mozzarella. Interesting. So you're a hot sandwich guy, but not necessarily economy guy. Are you dipping it in soup? What are you doing? Talk to me. I'm eating that son of a bitch, but okay. it's a panini, so it's warm. Yeah, it's got it is that warm. Crunch Paninis on are always better. Yeah. If you can manage it. I'm a big it. panini guy. My parents have been using the same panini machine for like six years. It died the other day, like <sighs> right as they were using it. And my dad literally just opened his phone and ordered the same thing. Like it was there within 24 hours. Really? They're, they're, they're what dedicated do they swear by? The What's the brand? Breville. E R E V I L L E. Like Neville. Long yep. bottom. I'm like 90% sure on that. I know it's from William Sonoma. <laughs> William Sonoma is the shit. It is the shit. I get my dad gifts from like one of three stores, and that's like the most prevalent one. He his always birthday, appreciates a good William Sonoma. So, yes. So yesterday was his birthday, and it happy happened. Happy birthday. To, it hap- yeah, happy birthday, Pops. It happened to be the last day that I was legally allowed to cut hair. So I was cutting hair from like 6.45 in the morning till midnight. We appreciate whoever brought John the Red Bulls. Yeah, we're both <laughs> drinking them now. Because So I posted on my Instagram story, like, somebody bring me Red Bull, like, joking. Five different clients brought me Red Bull and, like, candy and shit. I was like, you guys want me to crash. Did they also tip, or was that the tip? Well, um, I don't like to couple... make you think about these things, but I'm curious about them. So tipping has been in my head a lot recently. I almost want to charge more, honestly, because I'm, I have, like, 400 clients to myself. Let, let alone the other barbers that we have that have hundreds of clients apiece. Right. Um, and I don't know. Like, there's, there, it's, just, it's strange to me how I have some people that will give me, like, huge tips every single time, no matter what. And those guys are OGs. A lot of those dudes don't even have, like, super hard haircuts where I have to, like, give them special treatment to give them what they want. They're the guys who are the least picky and are just, they understand the relationship or something. I don't know. But... My thought process has always been when it comes to tattoos and hair and anything that's tip-based, really, where you're going to see them again, yeah. tip the fuck out of them. Then you get treated like a king next time you show up. That's just always my theory. Um, but then I have people, like I, like I said, cut from 6.45 to, to midnight. And pre-9 a.m., like before we open, those cuts cost like 15 bucks extra. Post-7 p.m., after we're closed, cost... 15 bucks extra. And I forgot to tell one of my post 7 p.m. clients that it was extra. So he so he was just going to pay the normal amount. And in my head, I was like, ah, that's on me. I didn't tell him. He booked okay, the, We booked sure. the appointment. I got to give him the price that he, yeah, thought, that, that he thought we agreed to, which why is not? 25 bucks, right? Fine. 9, 9.40 p.m. I cut his hair. Doesn't tip me a dollar. Just gives me 25 flat. And I was like, dude, I took you... With already with twenty clients booked today, overbooked to the gills. Did you a favor taking you way after we close, and you you don't even give me a cent. Like that's, and the whole time he's just preaching about Trump and all that bullshit. And I didn't even get combative. I gave him some opinion, but I did not get combative at all. And he never tips. I should add, he's never tipped me once. It's and I cut I cut him, his three sons. Like I. Do you think there's a study done on uh, political leanings and tipping? Do, mm. You don't. I feel like it'd end up being pretty even because, like, it would probably be pretty even. The old white guys that are conservative either don't tip at all or tip a shit ton. No, or tip the exact textbook amount that is common knowledge you're supposed to tip every time. Twenty percent. They think it's fifteen. They still think it's fifteen. They don't think it's twenty. They don't. They don't know that it's sixteen. Not fourteen. Fifteen. By the way, that only that only applies to um, like waiters and waitresses. I I don't use percentages Percentages, for for hair is 
difficult. The big chains use percentages. That's about it. And yeah. if you're going there, then we have a lot yeah, to talk go fuck about. Yourself. <laughs> Super cuts my we ass. We got a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, I was just like, man, that's just a smack in the face. That is a smack. And I guarantee he has some like, like reasoning in his head. Like, oh well, it's the owner, so the owner doesn't get tipped or whatever. Because people think that about hairstylists or whatever. Pisses me off. I, I don't know. But I don't know. I just think I might be worth a little more money. And we'll see after we reopen. What's do up? you think that your clients will also stand by the statement that you're worth a little more money? And do you think that you raising the price by five or ten bucks won't drive them to someone that they're like, oh, this is pretty close? My goal would be to retain 85, 90% of my clientele. I don't need all of them, theoretically. If some of them don't think I'm worth that amount of money, I'd rather not I'd rather not cut their hair personally. If only you could get a survey done that they that was you know like truly anonymous. anonymous yeah that like someone could run a survey and be like hey i'm running surveys outside of hair places um are you satisfied with your haircut how satisfied are you like on a scale of one to ten and then be like would you pay more for that haircut yes or no or you know and then see how many you get it's all about data collection if you if you had data on your side you could make that decision in a day well i do make a point of finding out and cataloging in my head the average price of haircuts like throughout buffalo like what different people charge. And I when I started off, I was at 17. In my, in my first real barbershop, I should say. I was 17 a cut. That's just what the owner Standard. told us to charge. Yeah. And we had to charge that. 17 for a cut, 18 ball fade, 21 with a beard. And we were like a little underpriced, I think. Maybe average. But our chair rent was like pretty high. Now I'm up to 25 base, 30 with beard. Um, and that's it. No bald fade difference or anything. And it seems like most people are charging that much or more, which is wild to me. That in like, like I've only been cutting hair six years, only four years in a barbershop. So that's a big jump already. But I think that means a good thing for me, I guess. It means when I do charge more and people go to leave and try to find somebody else, everybody else is already. I would, yeah, I would say that you have time to think about it because you definitely don't want to. I mean, you're not cutting right now, but if you were cutting, you wouldn't want to jump your prices right around the holidays either. That's kind of scary. People do that, though. I know they do. I, like, specifically On barbers. specific I'm, days, I'm I would absolutely hike your price. Christmas Eve, days where people are just being lazy and get, need right. the haircut. Obviously. Sunday cuts. Yeah, I know. You are. You already do all that. No, I don't do Christmas Eve. No, I mean, like, put your prices up when, when it's an extra situation. Yeah, if it's af- if it's an after-hours cut, it's, it's 40 instead of 25. If it's a Sunday cut, it's 40 or 50. Yeah. Yeah, you're already doing that crap. But not many people take you up on that. that like no. that's how that's how you know somebody's bullshitting when they go, "Yo, I really need you to fit me in, bro. It's an emergency. I gotta go out tonight." And you go, "Yeah, you can just come after we after we close. I can get you in. It's just gonna be 40. And they go, "I'll just wait till you have an opening." And you go, "Oh, so it's not really much of an emergency. You wanted me to like lose my lunch and fit you in in the middle of my day." Not only that, but they were calculating in their nightly cost of going out, and that ten dollars difference if they tipped you five, right. Is their cover to get into whatever mm-hmm. bar they're going to in Buffalo? And let me tell you, anybody who's like, like, oh yeah, I'll pay forty. Those motherfuckers don't tip. It's all at forty flat, which is fine. I don't, I don't blame them because they're yeah. already paying more. Fine, but uh, it's funny, you know. It is. I, I wish there was people dedicated to studying tip culture and like how people tip and what it means and other and so things different. that like line up with that. It's so different across other cultures too, and. Would you take barter? You love barter, actually. I Someone l- tipped you with stuff. I love paying for things with haircuts. Love it. I've been doing it since I was 16. It's my favorite. It's honestly the biggest advantage of the gig is that I can use it as a bartering system. Like my fucking guitar lessons every week, free. The economy crashes tomorrow. Society devolves, but there's still pockets of civilization left. Buffalo is a barely hanging on. Money is gone as we know it. What are you accepting for your haircuts? Like, What is the main thing you'll accept? Something that you can... Batteries, clean water, gasoline, um, you know, any survival tools like tents and flints and shit like that. Okay, so you're going like, trade me, I'll cut your hair and shave your beard so you don't have mites, Mm post-apocalyptic mites. Four batteries and gasoline. Not bad. And hygienic supplies. Because I'm the type of dude where like, if I don't shower within a certain amount of time, or like, it affects my mental health if I'm not like clean. So I like, which is, you're probably laughing in your head because you remember living together when I was disgusting when we were younger. Blue Fanta, go on. Blue Fanta. 
I don't know. Go on. <laughs> Are you referencing a two liter? I of don't blue know Fanta what you're talking about. That was in about. my room for a long time. Any traumatized events have been repressed completely. <laughs> well, I would for sure really like to have like moisturizer and face wash and uh, sure. a good shampoo. You know? Here's the thing. Maybe some dry shampoo. Barbering and prostitution, and I'd argue gambling, are all different species of cockroach of occupations. You cannot kill them. In every post-apocalyptic video game, there's a way to customize your character's hair, and I think that they're on to something that it's not going away. <laughs> Barbers will be around. You could literally we'll, we'll figure it out. be alone and walking through the wasteland, and a group of raiders catches you and goes back to your camp you're in the cell with prisoners and you're like you know what if we're gonna die let's at least look nice and you give them a haircut <laughs> and those raiders would be like oh shit kind of useful he's valuable and you'd have to set up shop and everything right, else now let's let's rank or at least list valuable people in an apocalypse like roles roles not like oh you know a guy who's badass do? like that doesn't count like barbers are up there but they're not number one number one's probably like former military like former combat veteran military guys, probably the most important to have on on your team. Any former special operations and then person. farmers, having people who have a, a good understanding of agriculture. I would argue that biologists, anybody who knows a lot about the natural world, not necessarily a farmer, just how plants and animals act and behave in the wild. Like, what's the dif- what's the definition of an anthropologist? Uh, people interact with each yeah, other? Yeah, so if a psychologist is looking at individuals, an anthropologist is looking at groups, kind of, let's say like that. Not not necessarily what they're thinking, but how they right. move and behave. So not what we're talking about. No, but okay. I think that a biologist, like anybody who knows a lot about identifying plants, animals, so hunters, you know, people who are trackers. I was watching something on trackers the other day. It was crazy. But, um, Canadians, they understand how Canadians to... outside of Toronto, Canadians. Yeah. Like the real Canadians, I feel like, would survive very well on their own in the woods. Anybody on the show alone or Alaskan bush people or sur- dual survival, like anybody who is in that knowledge sphere, who it's like right. their hobby to know things like that. Which begs the question, and then why don't an- more people look into that shit? And then, like, third <laughs> or fifth down the row, I'd ah, probably lower than fifth, probably, like, eighth or tenth would be an electrical engineer. Because once you're established, if you can get power, you have supremacy. Because after, How would you get power? With an electrical engineer, you would have to rig up either uh, a water turbine or a windmill you could, uh, you know, capture in your zone or maybe just find generators. And if they're broken, fi- find parts to fix them and then find gas for them. So, basically, we need trimper. We need myself. And then, what would you be? <laughs> uh, manipulator, for sure. Keep the people calm. Keep uh, quell any uprisings. And also find out what's going on so you'd and be, report it back to... You'd be good with that because you appeal to a large audience with your also, multi-ethnic features. In the apocalypse, my mainframe and motherboard would do what's called doomsday algorithm. And it would, to free up space in my hard drive, it would just delete... <laughs> All emotions and sympathy and empathy. So I would have to become the killer. If anybody needed to be killed because they're infected or anything, it would just be remorseless. I would basically just be a robot. Delete whatever tiny subliminal amount of emotions that you still. All have. the information that I have that is in relation to no, like no topics at all, like how you need to put like water on the other surface of something you're super gluing to make it adhere way more quickly. Like that's kind of useless. Or like whoa, little whoa, whoa, tidbits whoa, whoa. of like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're telling me. If my hand has some water on it, and I put something with super glue on it, well, your hand adheres to super glue instantly already because it's already moist. It's already moist because of the natural body. Let's say I'm gluing back glasses, which I've done many times over COVID. Um, Not these. I was gonna say those look good. Yeah, these are new. Um, Ray Bans. You want to put super glue on one, and then if you have a little brush or like a little dropper, you drop a little bit of water on the other. It actually helps adhere better than glue and glue. Interesting. Yep. Who cares? Any Jeopardy knowledge that that's could be useful in no the longer any Jeopardy knowledge that's no longer relevant would just get thrown out. Dude, I went three for three at uh, watching Jeopardy at the bar the other day. It was awesome. What do you think about Lavar Burton taking over? What do you think of that for Alex Trebek? Rest oh, in yeah. peace. I was watching Trebek uh, reruns. Yeah, because uh, there was a petition. Not that that matters, but like, to be honest, I don't know who Lavar Burton is. Reading Rainbow. Mm-mm. Okay, I'd probably recognize his face. You. 
I don't know if you would if you don't know who he is off rip. LeVar Burton? Yeah. Google image search LeVar Burton. Here are some images of LeVar Burton I found on the web. Oh. Yeah. Take a look inside a book. I know, I know uh, yeah. Sure. You ever watch Community? No? No. Very briefly. I just remember thinking, because I realized that the writer, Dan Harmon, from Rick and Morty is, we've talked about this on the on the program, um, the one character, you can hear Rick in a lot of the characters of that show oh, from yeah. Rick and Morty. Yeah, that kind of same archetype, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Apocalypse, though, I want to bring up something that I was reading on today. So on the Vagabond, or Vagabond? Vagabond. Reddit thread, which is a great, great thread. And honestly, I'm not a, a vagabond. You've so. been deep into Reddit threads recently. Between Only that, very specific ones oh, that are hyper-specific. Because the vagabond one is insane. It's just people who really are kind of just drifters and travelers, and they just like, like hop trains and like kind of go throughout the United States or wherever they are in any way they can. They just like sleep wherever on the ground, you know, things like that. I can see like you that. taking a little sabbatical from life. And no, that's that. not a sabbatical. That's that's living, I mean, that is, that's extreme. Like, they, they literally are just living to eat, smoke cigarettes, drink booze, and, like, walk. But I read a book about a vagabond once. It was really good. Either way, um, this one popular post was talking about the Las Vegas tunnels. Are you aware that of, like, a ton of flood tunnels under Las Vegas that kind of go throughout the main part of the city that is easily accessible throughout some of the highways leading into Vegas? There was a vice YouTube documentary. There on was. This. There's people that lived down there. Right. So I didn't. Hundreds, right? I didn't watch that documentary. I'm, I want to after reading this. But he he was talking about. He just was like, yeah, I was headed through Vegas and I heard about these tunnels, and I wanted to check them out. See, you know, see people down there, see how they're living, whatever. And he went down there and he like was talking about rats that were the size of raccoons, like roaches that are just like freely crawling up your legs. It doesn't matter if you jump on them, like they're roaches. They're not going to die. Um, and he was like X amount of feet in. It's pitch black, so you really can't take turns or else you get lost if you don't know where you, what you're doing. And there was two other people coming his way, and all he saw was like the two flashlights. And they, no communication between either party, started shooting him. And so he turned around, booked it out, came out of the tunnel. He wasn't even that far in. He came out of the tunnel as the people who shot at him were like following him out there were asian tourists because it was right near the uh like welcome to las vegas sign taking a picture outside the sign saw him were like huh in asian and <laughs> in asian <laughs> and <laughs> what they the people in the tunnel got to like they didn't come out of the tunnel they just got to the end part and were like if you come back we're gonna have to kill you and so then they like went back in and the dude was How like guns down there if you have the resources to get firearms, you don't have people to live in a tunnel. People are probably throwing guns down down the tunnels to get rid of them in crimes. Ooh, like through like sewer grates, like just drop it right through. So, he goes back to the hostel he was living and working at. He goes back to the tunnels, and he didn't want to. He said it was honestly. He's not going to describe it in detail. The the only other time he tried to go in, but basically he went in and he heard trigger warning he heard someone basically being sexually assaulted brutally by by more than one distinguishable voice and he tried to find he tried to like find where this was happening but he, how can you you know what i mean bouncing off all the walls so he he said he's never going back and there are other people who commented like i've been in the one near i-55 and right near the entrance there's just a homeless encampment people like beckon to you and there's needles and stuff but i haven't experienced that so like there's a criminal underworld like there is a cd there's no longer you're turning down like he was saying like it disillusioned him there's no longer opportunity lurking in every you know area of america even if it's hard to find like the underbelly of america is like just seedy now crazy that that's in an american city that it's just there like a lawless place like a truly lawless truly place. just like tunnel living see a great documentary would be you just send 10 navy seals down there with like thermal cameras and then after they clear the place out you just send camera crews in and like just see all the remnants of like what's there what do you mean clear out i think you know what i mean that's <laughs> crazy talk <laughs> that's crazy talk 
just saying, the only way to really get in there and know what's going on would be is, something is like that. What happens when it floods? Because that's what it's, it does fill with water. The whole thing? To the top? I don't know the whole I'm layout. Sure they know, the regulars know the it's spots. To prevent, it's at least flowing water, not like filled all the way, but it redirects water basically. They got little boats, they got kayaks. It would scare do. me if they were that civilized. If they had all that information, they have like a timing system where they know when the big rains are, where the flood's coming, so they all just sleep in kayaks and they might just wake up floating one day. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's crazy though that that like that reading it, I was like, this is an America, like this is America. There's a city where there's basically a meth colony underneath it. Hmm. They're living post-apocalyptically. They've See, already given up. There's a a small stupid part of me that like is like that guy who was like, I want to go in there and like see what's up. But there's, we'd have to like dirty ourselves like we'd have to oh it's filthy no i'm saying before we go down there we'd have to like get homeless looking like we'd have to like play the we'd part. have to not look like a victim we'd have to not look like we're just like whoa what's up down here we'd have to look like we oh yeah we're just going back to the fucking cave yeah we would <laughs> have to be i would basically have like a light pack on nothing too bulgy and i would obviously have a quick way to like you know have anything for self-defense but just put a cloak over all that that looked that was sewn together bits of clothing shit like that you know maybe like real like uh just so i had my stuff think, still you know think book of eli <laughs> yeah like, like i always book got that eli. big ass jacket with like a backpack and that's it yeah i don't know i don't even know if it'd be possible to blend in dude i think they would just know oh, well, we, we both have long Smells hair like old spice we both have long hair so like if we really like let ourselves go we would look fucked up quick yeah because we got facial hair, too. So as long as we just let everything go and, like, don't edge up the facial hair, don't do nothing, let ourselves start smelling like shit, we'd have to give ourselves three days of Nevada just walking around in, like, hot-ass Vegas and only showering in, like, chlorine, like, uh, pools and shit. And then we go down there. I don't even know if we would be able to splend, dude. It's it's not so much the look. It looks as part of it, but we'd then... we get fake face tattoos. You'd have to talk like you... I don't know, man. There's Plus, no, you'd have to f- have a verifiable way of not of being able to retrace our steps and getting out. Here's one thing that'd be hard to uh, disguise: we both have like normal teeth. <laughs> now you so can. That's kind of like a. You can get like paint on nicotine and dirt, mm-hmm. like in Hollywood. Not that not that expensive, I bet. I'm sure, there's a t- tutorial out there. We'd for sure need to be armed. Maybe this could be like a crazy episode of the podcast. We just go down there and interview people. Maybe. I saw an interview with somebody who looked through the underground tunnels beneath, like, London in Europe. And they were abandoned. But they were, like, Did below. you, was it a video or was it a podcast he was talking about it? Was it, was it Joe podcast. Rogan? It might have been. I think I heard about this guy. Yeah, they got, like, arrested and shit. It was wild. Yeah. Big city, underneath big cities, we don't know anything about it. We're basically just describing the premise to uh, Jordan Peele's movie, Us. Yeah, but is that, the mo- is that the name? Us? Uh, yeah, the one with like the yeah, the rabbits. Yeah, I know that movie's old. I just don't like it's not a horror old. movie, so I try not to spoil those anyway. I mean, the rabbit's not a spoiler, is it? Not really. It is a cool little tidbit that they threw. It's also it is genius how they added those. I'm gonna talk about it because there's no spoilers. Um, the way these people like survived underground for like years and years was just by breeding and eating rabbits because they breed so fucking quickly. And there's like enough meat on them for however many meals. It's genius. I'm sure it tastes terrible, but like, uh, kind of genius. Rabbits stew. Like, if you had to have a quickly um, regenerating food source of protein, that's like the quickest, right? I guess. Smart. Disgusting, but smart. And Jordan Peele just thought that up, baked one day. Maybe he was eating thing. a rabbit. Fuck. At a restaurant. That's the like, thing. That is, maybe it does taste good. I don't know. I, I feel like they'd be very taut and They probably muscle, would be. You know? You could probably look up somebody talking about it online. Yeah. Be like, yeah, like it they tastes would taste like, like this. Whatever a cat I think tastes like, stewed. that's what they taste like. I think like. it's stewed a lot. I think rabbit stew is a, is the most that's common. That's what you got to do with all that shit, like squirrels and all that. That's I always what they end squirrel. up doing. Hmm? I wouldn't need a squirrel. I heard squirrels good. But I, I agree. It you know probably what? tastes like whatever a cat tastes like. Our, uh, our one roommate used to eat squirrel, Chris. Yeah. That's who yeah. told me it was good. Yeah. Ground squirrel. Check. And he's also pretty good with, like, he would make a lot of the shit. Like, he would hunt deer and shit, and he would, like, make us, like, medicine it. stuff. And it was yeah. it was good. So I, I trust his judgment. He's worked in restaurants. I mean, if I, 
I'm not going out of my way to eat one, but if someone offered it to me, maybe I'd try it. I'd try anything twice. Any hunters have venison jerky? I'll trade haircuts for venison jerky any day of the week. Because, like, I hate, I can't, like, consciously go to, like, a 7-Eleven and get beef jerky and not want to throw up when I take it out of the wrapper. No. But if I get, like, venison jerky from somebody who actually, like, took the deer out themselves, I like that. Yeah, that's better. It's always better to have it hunted, I think, by someone you know. Rather than yeah. pick up the store stuff. Let's uh let's move into more saltiest than our tries. I'm worried about this camera, but we'll see. Okay. Um saltiest of the week. Um dude, it's gotta be Giuliani. He's leaking like, black. I was gonna say shit. it's because of his hair dye coming down the sides of his head. I can't even imagine what his PR person after he got done with that interview was just like uh So the guy who didn't tip me at nine o'clock, the yeah. the Trump supporter was saying to, like, look into the voter fraud stuff and was referencing, like, look into what Giuliani released. Like, read some Giuliani stuff. I was like, you, that's who... The the biggest joke, the biggest Trump apologist, let me suck your dick, Daddy Donald, like... Literally, generals are coming up with ways to invade Rudy Giuliani's skull to drill for oil. <laughs> they're literally coming up with legal ways. <laughs> they're, try, they're debating over whether or not they can frack on Giuliani's skull. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, did you see this? Clear evidence of fossil fuel. We need to capitalize on this while he's on soil. We've struck gold, gentlemen. <laughs> it's like it's a geyser that's and coming up. Giuliani wants 20 grand a day to be a post-election tr- Trump lawyer. That's crazy talk, dude. I don't know. I feel like he, he had to be a pretty smart guy at one point to take down the mob. The mob, but like I don't understand how that's the or same person. Or it was an person. accident. He was just like, oh. Or he was just right place, right time. Everything was ready to go anyways. I don't know. I love how there's like a continuing subplot of 2020 that old politicians are literally decaying yep. from the inside. Yep. Black goo and flies and like hands and Biden, Trump, and Giuliani all look like corpses. They're just yeah, they're just withering away to nothing. Trump looks like he's been embalmed, but the rest of them aren't at that stage yet. Giuliani's getting there, and Biden did when his eyes were all fucked up like eight months ago, but he's fine now. <laughs> I think they're giving him something like really good, something like stem cells to the brain. Like they're, they're trying some shit on him, and I'm I'm cool with that. I'm cool. I'm not I'm not mad at it. <laughs> you think there's experimental procedures he's getting? I mean, Trump did not get normal. Trump didn't get normal for COVID, COVID. Obviously, like that shit was. Nuts. Someone went into it the other day. I didn't listen to it yeah. on, on Rogan. Um, we reference it way too much. Yeah. What is your uh... saltiest? Yeah. Me. Right. For getting shut down by Andrew fucking Cuomo. Look, man. Look here, Andrew. Andy. Andy. Drew. Suck my dick. All right? That's all I got to say. I, said, I, I, was John go got I don't want to even give him more energy than that. I, I'm done. I'm just annoyed. You're taking my money. What the fuck? And now there's no extra 600 a week for unemployment. So all self-employed people who are displaced because of COVID are only getting 180 a week. What the fuck is Not that? only that, but it's no one's fault here in this room or in this, you know, it's we, we haven't passed another thing yet. And the reason we haven't is because of the election fraud. And I I I don't know what oh, another, another package, sti- bro. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not stimulus. Just because no, Trump is fucking golfing out the rest of his presidency. Because if they give the businesses, small businesses money, the small businesses can pay employees while they're not working. But they but they haven't. Also, the unemployment not needs to be renewed because it doesn't for, benefit them. But when it gets renewed, I think it's only going to be 400. That's what they were talking That's about. That's fine. I'll take 400. That's fine. Cuz at least this time I have t-shirts I can sell. I have some product I can Do sell. Do you think we will cards. be shut down in New York State red Christmas? Oh, early, earlier when you were when we were talking about shutdown, I was like oh, there's two options and I yeah. said early December we reopen. Right. Second option was we're closed through like January 10th. I think we're going to be closed I think we're going to be in either orange or yellow. I think we will go to red, but I think we'll be in orange or yellow March. Oh, yellow, yeah. Yellow, that's going to be brutal to get out of yellow. It's going to be a while. I think it's going to be a mental health tragedy. It already is. To be hold, to be holed up in your apartment in Buffalo through our winters. Oh, my God. Dude. At least when everything hit in March and went through like August. <laughs> Everybody was getting Buffalo healthy. Buffalo surprisingly. Everybody was going outside and having a good time. I know we're not, 
But Buffalo, in general, I think is surprisingly winter activity oriented. I really do think yeah, so. Holiday Valley is going to still be open. A lot of bars, skating no. rinks where everybody's I mean, yes, tied bars. together. Like it, not much of it is outside. No, you're Breweries, right. Shit like that. Like it's going to be things that are going to be closed anyways. Other than like Holiday Valley, I don't even know if they're going to be able to. No, they. I think they're going to stay open. First yeah. of all, they're in Ellicottville, so it's not even oh, near yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, they're straight. They're straight. I think a lot of people who have Ellicottville homes do live there. Do you ski or snowboard? I've skied before. I haven't in a while. It's so fun. I, d- I do both, and I but I stopped as soon as hair became my main source of income. I didn't want to risk like breaking a wrist or nothing. So, but like, fuck. Maybe we should hit the slopes. This How much winter. do you think it is to rent a house? To rent a house? Yeah, for like a week. Hit the slopes every day. Fuck. I was gonna say we go up on Saturdays and just drive there, drive back. Um, no, let's go all in. Let's go to Colorado. Co- Jesus Christ. Um, a lot of money. No, I don't have that kind of money. No, no. no. <laughs> I, could, I could orchestrate a place to stay, possibly. In Colorado? Yeah. Oh, wow. My uncle okay. lives out there. He's got a guest house. Hmm. All right. Let's talk Where? about that later. <laughs> uh, outside say. of Boulder. Oh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. You have my attention. My uh, community tries. segment where we recommend stuff to people. Anything. Could be anything. This was recommended to me, and I watched it the day it was recommended to me with the GF. It's called My Octopus Teacher. What? I was the same way when I saw the cover of it, and, and I, saw, I was like, I don't know. This was recommended to me. Blew me away, honestly. The more I think about it the next day, the more I'm like, that was a good movie, like a good What's documentary. It it's an hour and, a, hour and 25 minutes. It's about a dude who's in a weird place in his life. Might have been like midlife crisis-ish, more like a mental health kind of thing, I think. And he lived in South Africa, and he was snorkeling in what's called a kelp forest, which is nuts, straight out of Dr. Seuss, underwater. And he found an octopus. And he was like, he has like really good camera gear, so he, and he's like kind of a filmmaker, so he was filming all these dives. And when he found the octopus, he got like a recording of it kind of acting really smart towards the camera, kind of like investigating it and like being really timid with it and everything. And then he just decided... I don't know what I'm doing right now in my life, but I know that I'm going to go and see this octopus every day for a year because I don't really know what else to do. <laughs> Bro, octopuses are sick. They might make my Oct- top animal list. Octopi. Octopi. First of all. And yes, they're probably one of the most interesting animals I've and ever he got, seen. So he got daily, every day, video of this octopus and like how it interacted. And it was it's an insane documentary. Insane. And he, like, got it to the point where the octopus recognized him, came up to him, would attach to him, want to get pet by him. Like, That's crazy. pretty wild. It was wild. Change colors, like, and texture. What was this on? And grow it. Netflix. Oh, word? Is it Netflix original? Recent? Yes. Yes. Fuck yeah. And it's the way that they can grow horn, like, physical hard structure, like, horns and crap is fascinating they are aliens for sure they're not from but it also showed like it's predators and the guy was like explaining how he didn't want to interfere with anything that was going on in the forest even to help the octopus at all if it was in trouble because he's like i really shouldn't interfere with the natural cycle i'm just an observer who also pets the octopus i was gonna say he's already making contact and changing and it's day-to-day life anyways he's seeing it 365 days in a row He's already impacted it. You might as well try to protect it. But most it. of the time, he's just looking at its behavior and recording what's going on and, and learning about it. They have the ability to take a shelled animal and locate on the shell the direct point to take a horn, drill into it the size of like a safety pin hole, drill into it at the exact spot that will kill them instantly, and then suck them out. And it's a different spot for every crustacean, and he... he recorded all of like similar crustaceans where the mark was so it's the same on all these like certain snail shells and then it's in a different spot but the same spot for all these hermit crab shells insane so it has like ancestral knowledge of how to hunt like very specific species of different things that's crazy and it yeah and it mimics the way kelp floats in the ocean if it's just loose so it can do that too and avoid predation so it just blends in it's insane I gotta see this it's an insane doc and he at the end of it you know, he starts making realizations about life and stuff that I would argue in nature that he gets into, but I would argue are just as profound as somebody skipping the 
relationship with nature part and just like doing a really strong psychedelic and coming to the similar realizations, I think, hmm. the way he was talking about it. Hmm. It's crazy. It was a crazy documentary. I was like, and I usually don't watch documentaries about uh, like nature unless it's just like on in the background, like natu- natural world. Favorite document. Those in crime are my two favorite documentaries. Oh, crime docs. But uh, this one, I was like, I was pleasantly surprised at how good this was. And it's a short one. Get it done. I'll do it right now. I'll go home after this. What's your tries? Make a snappy. Road trip, baby. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about making my attempt at a cannonball run and going New York to L.A. or most, most likely going straight from Buffalo to Florida to visit a friend, maybe stopping in North Carolina. But I, uh, I want to see people going on crazy road trips because I've had some people recommend it to me over the last lockdown. And they said it was all like some of the best experiences that they've had vacation-wise. And I'm sure they cost a lot less, too. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Road trips. Take them. Do it. I would love to be a van dweller. There's a van for sale about 30 yards from here. Former plumbing van. Ah. But which is like the perfect. That's what you want. I they, know, but you also got to put all this work and money into it after you buy it. To it looks cheap. It's rusted it. to fuck. Not, I don't know if the frame is, but the body is. I almost just would rather buy a used caravan or town and country where the, the seats are designed to go into the car and then just pull those out. So not only do you have no seats back there, but you also have that huge empty storage compartment. I've seen people just throw a frame, get it bolted to the car. Just do it that way. I want one of those Mercedes vans. Those I are expensive. I realize that's like huge for Mercedes. They probably make... A very similar amount of money off of their vans and cargo running. The Sprinter vans are used by Amazon. So many people, yeah. And, and yep. basically everybody and I went, FedEx. When and I was at the Mercedes dealership the other day, I was like, that's a huge percent of their inventory is vans and shit. Yeah. I was like, fuck, that could Sprinter be. Sprinter vans are nice, be going dude. around in style. I wish I could just throw money at a Sprinter right now. Dude, if we if you want to go have these on a Mercedes Sprinter, I know Molly would be down for that and we could turn it into a vacation machine. I'm. You're talking to the right guy. All right. Bitcoin's picking up, so I'm, I'm going to have throw around money soon. And that's our show, everybody. All right. <laughs> uh, that's our it's show. Hopefully, this episode will be on YouTube, but if not, it's everywhere else podcasts are listened to Spotify, iTunes, Google, Castbox, all that stuff. Um, find us at PTS Podcast 716 on Twitter because we're located in Buffalo. Uh, Max Cambria. John Peroni. You seemed himself. unsure. Well, I wanted you to say it because it's your fucking name. <sighs> John Peroni. He'll have his confidence back soon. And that's our show. Pass salt.